Today is the 22nd of September. We are about finished with this month. Next week, not this week, coming week, but next week, the 30th, we have Rosh Hashanah. And, and uh, great things are going to be taking place in Israel. And uh, we need to rejoice with them. Amen. There are the Okay, uh, let's start off with a nugget this morning. To be prayerless, to be prayerless means to be defenseless. To be prayerless means to be defenseless. Glory to God. So that means you need to be what? Praying. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Prayer. Turn with me to the book of Jude. Just ahead of the book of Revelation. Glory to God. That's the book of Jude. And uh, we'll begin reading at verse 17. But beloved... Remember the, the words which were spoken before the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. How that they did, pardon me, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensually, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building yourselves up, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, glory to God, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some of you have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Wow. It says we need to what? Pray. Look at that verse there. Verse 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I hope you've been practicing some of that. Glory to God. Um, there, just in this little section here, we see there's some commandments that we need to, or exhortations that we need to, as believers, follow through. Remember the words of the apostles, what they told us, what we, what we get to read how they, how they demonstrated certain things. We need to remember the words of the, the apostles. Then it says, we need to build up our faith. Why? Why? Because he says in the last days, things are going to take place. and You need to be strong. So we need to build up our faith. Then, of course, it says, we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's exciting. Amen. Then we need to keep the love of God. This is number four. Then we need, need to look at the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ bestowed upon us. Amen. Then we are to have compassion towards others as the Lord has compassion towards us. And uh, some of us, or I, have to learn to have more compassion on people in the grocery line. 
You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe the other day. I did it again. <laughs> Got in line. It was one person ahead of me and the one at the, at the counter. And the other lines, you know, were stacked up. And the, I said, oh, wow. Ran over there. Got, put my stuff on the conveyor belt, ready to roll. And the cashier tells him what you do. The lady takes her card out, zips it in that machine. It doesn't work. Pull it out. Try it again. Pull it out. Try it again. Slide it. Slide it. Slide it. And I'm looking at the other line. Lord, what, what are you teaching me here? Finally, the lady in front of me stepped out and said, can I help you? And so she took the lady's card and did it properly, but Boy, says, what's going on here? But this woman had compassion. She wanted to get out of line. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, then number seven, one of the things that we need to look at is uh, we need to go out there and say, uh, bring, bring life to some people. Give them life um, because... Uh, we need to fear for these people because what they will experience if they don't uh, receive the Lord Jesus Christ is bad news. And so we need to go out there and bring good news so they will not have to have fear. Okay, again, prayer, going back to prayer, prayer is a factor in, in our Christian life uh, which activates other components in our faith. Prayer activates other components in our faith. Okay, glory to God. True prayer is exercised in the fear or atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we, you know, we've got the whole, as a, believers, we have the Holy Spirit within us. But if we can just get activated in the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues, things will move at a much greater pace. Think about that. Um, the prayer through the Holy Spirit empowers us to bring greater uh, ability. So we, we need to learn to pray in the Spirit more often. Okay. You know, um, in the book of James, uh, chapter 5, verse 16, it says the effectual prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. And if we are praying in the Spirit, glory to God, how much more? I mean, you know, we, praying with your understanding is great, and you, when you see, see the results of it, you rejoice, at least I do, you know. Glory to God. And, but if you're doing it in the Spirit, there's an even greater anointing upon that prayer because God's behind it. He's helping us out. Okay. Uh, when we pray in the Holy Spirit, um, our petitions uh, generate greater faith in us. It should be generating greater faith. I'll put it that way. Um, and we know that the answer will be there or is coming soon. Glory to God. Uh, there are three basic passages which deal with the matter of praying in the Spirit. We're going to be looking at those in a moment. 
Uh, we want to consider each one of them to get a better understanding of praying in the Spirit. All too often we allow others to define our terms of prayer. Um, many have shied away uh, of praying in the Spirit uh, because of the, quote, crazy Pentecostals. Okay? And, you know, you got, I remember when um, I heard, first heard of tongues and, okay, what are these people doing, you know? Um, and then when I uh, understood I wanted it, but then at that time, uh, you go up there, hold on, let it go, <laughs> say this, say that. I mean, what, what, what? You know, and that's, you know, that was the way at that time. Um, you know, if you want the Holy Spirit, you got to hang on there, hold on. <laughs> Shake a little, you, uh, do something. And uh, that's not, not quite, I mean, there was a lot of enthusiasm there, but, but sometimes it scared, okay, what, what's going to come? <laughs> um, so if we'll, uh, since we're uh, going to be t speaking about the Holy Spirit, let's go to the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. Okay, we're going to begin with verse 13. That's uh, Ephesians 6, 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darks of the wicked, and take the helmet of the salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying sometimes with all prayer and supplication. Praying what? Always. Well, praying in the Spirit. He says pray always in the Spirit. And I, I'll be truthful with you. Sometimes I'll be praying and I won't go into, go into the Spirit. I'll just, you know, do, do it. This is what I'm understanding needs to be done. I'm praying for... Um, some individual or, you know, or I get a, somebody gives a call, I'll pray. But I don't go into the Spirit. So what, what's happening now? It says pray always in the Spirit. I'm not having any power. I mean, there's power in our prayer. But God says if you pray in the Spirit, greater things will take place. Let's look at this again. 18. Praying always in the, uh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication of the saints. Glory to God. Hallelujah. As for me, that the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that wherein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. There's boldness that comes with, with praying in the Spirit. And I, for one, like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I, I don't pray when I should sometimes in the Spirit. I'll just, you know, go with my mind. Okay, this is, you know. The wife says, you need to pray for somebody. I'll pray, for, pray you know, 
pray with her with an agreement, but I don't go into tongues. So I'm, 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 there's something lacking in my prayer there. It says praying always. Wow, praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now, if I'm doing it, I know some of you are doing the same thing. Okay? So we need, we need to brush up on what the Lord has told us. We need to pray in the Spirit. Okay. Okay, we take, as we take on the whole armor of God, we pray and we have the truth. It says we have truth, that's one. We have righteousness. We're praying, as we pray in the Spirit, we have also peace. Our faith is uh, strengthened. Um, we know that the salvation is there. The whole picture of salvation, not just being saved, but everything that goes with salvation. Um, it says we pray with the word of God, through the word of God, glory to God. And of course, it says praying in the spirit. Um, and then ver- number eight, praying with all perseverance. Why do we need perseverance? Hello. Why persevere uh, needs to be watching. Let's go to look at that again. Um, and watching there to, unto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Why do we need perseverance? Because the devil never quits. So we need to be persistent in our prayers. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you hear me. Glory to God. Amen. This is the day you made. I am the redeemed. I say so. Glory to God. We need to know that uh, every time you open your mouth, the, the enemy is there to try to stop it. That's why it's good to pray together in unity because the, the enemy has stopped. Glory to God. Now, how are, how are we to pray now? You know, we know we pray in the Spirit, but how are So let's uh, go back, not back to, but uh, go to Romans chapter 8. That's Romans chapter 8. Now we're going to hear a few things that some of us are going to say, oh, oh, I've never done it. Maybe you will after today. Romans chapter 8, looking or beginning with verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. First fruit of the Spirit. Speaking in tongues. Glory to God. Praying in Spirit. Even ourselves grown within ourselves. You, have you grown in the Spirit before? I mean, this is getting, getting I mean, um, the, gro- I, the only time that I really have done this is when I've been fasting and I'm praying that I really feel the gro- Otherwise, I, I don't. And again, I'm chastising myself for not getting into the spirit as I should because it should be normal in, in this as- aspect. Waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Okay. Groaning. That means... To, well, you groan. <laughs> it's, a, it's an inward... 
unexpressed uh, feeling, groaning. Um, I think some of us have prayed about some, some things, and we're just, oh man, this has got, you know, Lord, you, you've got to do it. You know, when we're praying and understanding, Lord, you got to. But if we get into the Spirit, you would have the same emphasis, but with strength behind it. So, you know, when we're praying in the Spirit, that groaning, it's going to, you could say, bring forth much quicker. Um, and it says, just as creation groaneth together, uh, we need to groan, our, groan with ourselves. What are some of the groaning symptoms of, of, the, of, of the world today? Earthquakes. All these things that, that, that says it's going to it depicts the end times is showing that the world is wanting to return back to uh, under the guide of and principles of God. For those that are coming on Wednesday night, you're, 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 we're gaining a greater understanding because of the end time uh, book of uh, Charles Capps, it's a great book. If you haven't got it, if you're, not, if you're not in class, get the book and read it because it'll open your eyes to a lot of things. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's, to me, it's a pretty good class. I, I'm learning a few things and, and reestablishing a few facts in my life. Okay. Okay. Why does he help us? Why does he help us? Why does the... Uh, why would the Lord want to help us in our prayer? Let's go to the book of James, chapter 4. In James, chapter 4. Look at verse 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Well, we need to, he wants to help us to get past the consuming of our lust, you could say, and pray it in a proper way. Okay, going back to Romans chapter 8, I'm sorry. should have told you to keep your place there. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. How does he help us? Romans chapter 8. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Or, or let, I'll re read it from the Amplified. So too, the Holy Spirit comes to, to our aid and bears up in our weakness. Well, sometimes uh, we don't know exactly how to pray, but if we're, we're praying in the Spirit, the Spirit knows how to pray. He needs our voice to articulate what he's, what's going forth. Glory to God. To make intercession for the saints. Well, I mean, what better thing is to help pray for your brother and sister in the Lord for, for things that they need or, or things that need to be accomplished in them. Amen? Amen. I mean, pray divine protection as they go on, their, uh, on, on the road or, or taking a trip or whatever. You pray. Bathe them in, or with an atmosphere of prayer. Amen. Glory to God. Um, 
verse 26 again. Um, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for us as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Glory to God. In other words, the Holy Spirit's your partner. Um, there are certain things that you need to do as partners. Okay. Uh, best way I can, uh, illustration I can have is uh, going back to the old days of horse and carriage. You see, we think of a cowboy movie and their stagecoach is going down the road. How many horses do you see, see pulling that stagecoach? 4 to 6. Okay, think about Ben-Hur and the and the race. How many how many horses did they have? All these guys had on the chariot races. They usually had four horses. Okay. It's needed because The power's there, and the, the horses won't get tired. I mean, if you only had one horse pulling that, that uh, stage, going up a, a, you know, you see him going in a, up a hill, and it's sandy, what's, what's that horse going to do? <laughs> it's, it's out. So you can, or, you know, the wagon trains, you see the same thing, you know, the, the, uh, the covered wagons. Well, I like westerns. Covered wagons. And they're going through the mud and the grit, you know, and maybe it's not a horse. Maybe a lot of them use oxen before. And so you see these, you know, they're beating their <laughs> one, one oxen couldn't do it. Sometimes they would, since the load was heavy, they would take an oxen, a set of oxen, and apply it to the wagon that already has two. Now they have four, and that they could pull the wagon up, then release all four go back to the second wagon, and all four would get the group going. So this is what the Holy Spirit is. He's helping us to get where we need to be and be refreshed by it. Amen. I mean, and how many pray when it's late evening? Do I, I'm always telling them myself. You know, I'm praying, and pretty soon, you know, I mean, wife, wife goes, wake up! You're not accomplishing anything. Just, just say amen. Go to bed. But, but if you if you have someone, okay, the wife could be praying, and usually if there's two of us praying, it's it's a lot easier. But I mean, if you and if you're by yourself, you need to call upon the Holy Spirit so you won't get bogged down. Amen. Okay? Okay, it's kind of helping some of us. Amen. Then, too, it says the Holy Spirit knows what we need. You know, you know, he knows uh, our shortcomings. He knows uh, our physical uh, being and if we will pray in the spirit he, he can bring it forth clear, more clarity and bring it before the, the father 
The Father says, ask and you shall receive. So if you have that extra power going up there, you're going to get something, something great. Um, he also, in this verse 26, he's, he helps us in our weaknesses. We already spoke about that. Uh, he reveals our needs. You may not know it, and all of a sudden, bingo, this is what I need to do, or this is what I need to share with somebody. You know, um, We need to go and intercede on behalf of others. Not just ourselves, you know. Too many, uh, too many Christians have the "I me" disease. Give me this, give me that. You know, it's only for me. We can't have that. Um, back up, since we're in the Book of Romans, back up to the Book of Acts, chapter fifteen. And we'll look at this verse. We need to come alive on this one. This is why we need the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 15, looking at verse 20, 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost. Wow. And to us. To lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. So the Holy Spirit will share with you what, what you can and cannot do at the point. He, he's giving you the power, but he says you, you might need a greater a unity. He says the Holy Spirit and us. So there's a unity here that we need to operate with. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, this book here, Acts 15, uh, this letter is part of a message towards the Gentile converts at Antioch. Um, and they were in agreement with the Holy Spirit on the matter of the church at Jerusalem. They were speaking of the church in Jerusalem. Um, the principle is this. We're going back, go further back or into the New Testament, the reverse side of it. John chapter 15. Now I know this is what Jesus is saying, but I want you to think of just turning around just a little bit and think about the Holy Spirit. John 15, 7. If ye abide me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Wherein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. God's wanting us, when we pray, to have good fruit. Amen. Have blessings come our way or come to other people's ways. I mean, um, oftentimes we get caught up in our, I hate to say, we get caught up in ourselves. And there's somebody else that's in a greater need and we don't see it. We're just praying, Lord, help me. This, you know, I've got this, this is taking place and that's taking place. And where, where your brother and sister or, or, or somebody at, at work is needing prayer and you know that they're having a tough time of it, switch gears. Pray for them. It's better to give than to receive. Amen. So if you're giving them your prayer, God says, well, this person is giving everything they've got for this other individual. Angels, what do they need? Grant it to them. 
but grant what they're praying for for this other person. What better way of praying is to give of yourself for somebody else. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. Praying in the Holy Ghost uh, when we need help, okay? Boy, I've got my... And we need to... Uh, for he goes with us to the Father to present our petitions or prayers that we have agreed upon. So if the Holy Ghost is praying with, he's agreeing with us. And he's taking it to the Father. I mean, what better, what better source do you have as God speaking to the Father or the Holy Spirit speaking to the Father says, this is, this is what we've been praying for. And Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, it shall be granted unto you. So it's, uh, something is going to happen for somebody, to somebody. We need suddenly to take place in our lives. I mean, it's good to dance around. It's good to have a party in Jesus. Glory to God. Okay. Um, he also, uh, we also pray uh, for us. Uh, pardon me. He also prays for us concerning things which we do not ask for. Okay. He knows our needs. So sometimes we don't ask. He knows our needs. So he'll bring it up. That's when you pray in, in tongues. You don't know, you know what you're praying. But it has to be good because God's speaking through you. Okay? Um, sometimes we, ask, uh, we forget to ask for things that we need. When we do, he intercedes for us. When you're praying, he prays through you. He intercedes for us. Well, that's a great news. That when you're praying in tongues, he's interceding for you or for somebody else. He knows what we need, even if it may be something that we don't even ask for in our prayers. The Holy Spirit always prays according to God's will. He's not going to pray outside the will. He's going to pray what God says. You know. This is what we need to do also. And you find a, find a scripture that you can, a promise that you can stand upon. And once you find that promise that you can stand on, pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. Put that extra power behind it to bring it forth. Uh, turn with me, since we're in the, mainly in the New Testament. Let's go to the book of 1 Thessalonians. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Praying. Glory to God. Look at verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Well, sometimes that's pretty hard to do. I mean, you, you, your mind's going in. And how can you pray without ceasing, especially when you're at work and you've got to be doing something? Amen. If you're doing, you know, figuring out. Guess what? Tongues is perfect because your mind's not there in that prayer because it's not understanding it. So you can pray in tongues and get things done even if you're, you're doing other things, you know, your mind's doing other things on your job. Doing your, so that is good news. Amen. So pray without ceasing. That's what Paul said. I pray without ceasing. 
Okay, glory to God, hallelujah. And also, then verse, uh, go very, very next, verse 18. And everything giving thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We need to start giving thanks for, to God for everything. Glory to God. This is the reason I can pray. You say, well, this is something bad. This is the reason I can pray. Glory to God. Don't look at it a negative. Look, take a positive out of it. Make a positive out of it. Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, I've got to hurry. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, because I've got some interesting news. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I mean, this is great news now, but I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we want to look, begin with verse 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray in understanding also. I Look, he prays. What's the first type of prayer he uses? Look at verse 15. I will pray in the what? Spirit. And I will pray with understanding. What's the first type of praying he's doing? He's praying in tongues. First thing he does. And then he says that there's understanding comes. Glory to God. Also, I will sing in the Spirit. How many have been singing in the Spirit lately? Some of the songs we have, uh, they, they take off singing in the Spirit. I don't know if you are doing it, but I hope, I hope you do. Okay. And I will pray with, uh, pray, pardon me. I will pray in the Spirit. I will pray with understanding. I will also sing in the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding. See, it's always the Spirit's first. And we, got, we have turned things around backwards. This is Paul speaking to us. Pray in the Spirit first. Then, with you, then, then turn, into, turn it over. Because once you, once you pray in the Spirit, the Spirit will drop the, the proper things into your mind to where you can understand it and bring uh, some type of victory to your own mind. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Paul makes it clear that we are to pray and sing with understanding as well as with um, tongues. To pray in the Spirit is also allows the Spirit of God to control our prior, prayer life. So praying in the Spirit first. Um, to be in harmony with God is to realize that you will have answered prayers. Glory. The Holy Spirit is our prayer partner. He's our intercessor. He knows exactly what we need. And will help us in our prayer. We need to be in tune with him. Okay. Let's drop down to verse 18. I thank my God. I speak with tongues. What did he say? More than, all, than ye all. He was from the south. He prayed in tongues more. What, and look what he accomplished. Well, look what Paul accomplished. I think if we think of what he accomplished, and he prayed in tongues more than it is because he used the prayer language. So we need to do the same thing. Okay. Quiz time. I've got to get this quick here. Quiz time. You remember what the... the, the uh, the question was? 
What are the seven churches in the book of Revelation? Okay. You found, you found them in chapters 2 and 3. The um, first church is mentioned as Epithus. I may not get these names properly pronounced. Second one is Smyrna. Third one is uh, Pergamos. Uh, fourth one is Thyatira. Uh, fifth is Sardis. Sixth is Philadelphia. And seventh is Laodiceans. Okay, Let, just to give you a little information. These seven, these seven churches are Hebrew churches in the end times. Because this is, the book of Revelation is speaking of the end times. So these are seven churches that have been established after the rapture of the church, after the body of Christ. So the Jews say, hey, this is it. We got to get, we got to have some, you know, we'll go to our churches. Okay, all these churches then are responsible to obey God's word in the final days, the final seven years, okay? The book, then now we're going to look at, Look at the, uh, what they did. Ephesus, it says it lost its first love. They had so much truth, but little love. So a lot, there's a lot of Christians today, we have so much knowledge of what's going on. But you rotten thing, you, we don't have the love. If we have the knowledge, we need to operate in the love that he's given us. Okay, I'm just going to use some, some parallels, okay? Um, okay, they had, little, they had much truth but little love. Satan enticed this church with doctrines and service, do this, do that, to win over their hearts. Well, we're doing, you know, this is the doctrine we follow, and I'm, I'm doing the proper things. But that's why... Uh, the, the Ephesus lost their first love because they depended on works, not love. So there was a deception. Smyrna, the second one, was given a choice to follow life or death. Wow. The enemy gained entrance to Smyrna by deception and lured the faithful to make wrong decisions. That was Smyrna. That's what's going to happen in Smyrna. Some of the churches, we can look at a parallel running back to churches today that we're in the last time. Some of the churches are doing these now, okay? Third church, we look at, it's talked about Pergamos. Um, Pergamos was a seat in, in, in the ancient times, was a, a, a mystery. They, they had, their, their church did mystery, mysterious things. They fell into idol worship. And the doctrine of Balaam, okay, which they say is Nickelodeons or whatever it is. Now, here, here, here's the key thing, key thing with per Pergamos. Their religious ceremonies were conducted with sexual sins being the height of their worship. So they brought sex sins into the church and said this is the best thing you could do with worship. Okay, uh, Tyrathara, or part of my pronunciation. Um, they became tolerant of things. Now, what are, what's happening in our country today? You have to be tolerant of everything. So the church of Tyra, Tyra were, became tolerant of sins. Oh, you can do that. You know, we, we are on the grace. Um, 
and few, and it says few remained and followed the Savior. They had much love, opposite of Ephesians, Ephesus, but they had little truth. So they tolerated certain things. Um, the desire to be tolerant for things made them sink into the depths of pure corruption. Hmm, okay? Sardis, Church of Sardis. It says their works were not found perfect. They were told to hold fast and repent. If you find something wrong, repent. Hold true to that which, uh, hold true to that name. Or hold true. So that it says that your name would not be blotted out. Look at that. A name that's written down. They were in the church. Written down in glory. My name is written down in glory. But he says, I, I, can, I can blot you out. You have to remain faithful and true. Okay. The Church of Philadelphia is, was the perfect church in this area. They, remember, this is in the end time. What happens in the end time? That the enemy and people are flocking to the Antichrist. And so they're making fun of anybody that believes in Jesus and all that type of stuff. So the Philadelphia church endured the shame and the neglect of people coming against them. But they remained faithful to the word and continued to praise God's name and stood to the end. And when they stood to the end, they overcame and they had the blessings. Okay, the church of Laodiceans. All right, are you ready for this one? This church could get along without the Lord. They could get along without the Lord. Their works were neither good or bad, it says. They just walked away. No prospect of repentance or restoration. It wasn't even thought of. And what did the Lord say to them? I will spew you out of my mouth because they walked away. So those are some churches that are there. Okay, next week's quiz. Are you ready for this one? Not an amen. I guess you're getting tired. Next week's quiz. Naomi. Naomi. What was, her, what, was her, what was her husband's name? She had two sons. What were the sons' names? And the two sons got married. What were the wives' names? You'll find that in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, so you won't have to go very far. All right, glory to God, hallelujah. I see we have our communion table set here. Glory to God. What a blessing. This is what it's all about. Remembering what Jesus did. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember all that, what all he accomplished at the cross. Glory. Uh, what mercy and grace was extended to us. Sinners. I mean, we, we didn't even know about him. No. We weren't even part of, we were lost. Glory, glory to God. But uh, he made the big exchange. He said, I'll exchange my life for theirs. Glory. He gave his life, his body, and his blood to take on the curse that we had to set us free and give us 
Glory God. A place in heaven with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So glory to God. We're just just file forward and we'll just receive our emblems that way. And if Heather can put some music on, we will uh, start this part of the service. Glory to God. I, I hope I'm not taking too long. Glory to God. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, again, Paul says that, For I have received the Lord that which he also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, and we had supped, saying, This cup is a New Testament in my blood. This do is off ye drink it in remembrance of me. What a blessing to hold 
symbols of what he did at the cross for us. The bread represents his body. The stripes, the bruises. Taken for our healing, physical healing, mental healing. Some 2,000 years ago. And the power is still here. It'll never diminish. Just like we can thank you. Jacob says, just thank you. So, Father, as we partake in this bread, we remember, Father God, all that Jesus endured in his body, Father God, to set us free, Father God, of the ailments that our body has. We praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord. We just remind you, Father God. It's through his body that we're made free. In Jesus' name, amen. In the cup, Jesus said, this cup is a new testament in my, in my blood. This do is off as you drink it in remembrance of me. The blessing of just being able to walk in perfect health because of what he accomplished in his body cannot compare to what he did with, through the blood. Because the blood washed away sin, washed away the curse that we can become sons and daughters of, of God for all eternity, washed clean forever. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks for this cup in remembrance of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Something good is about to happen. Oh, let me go turn this over. You know, um, I don't know if you, you watch news or listen to things. More people are moving out of the state of California. It's not going to be crowded anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Breathing room. Why are they moving out? Because the people no longer have representation in the state. It's run by dictators. You know, 